The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you again for joining us here on Truth and Love Radio. Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you today. Uh, We are in part five of a series that I've been doing titled The Ongoing Islamization of America, Muslims Going Hyper-Political. And folks, uh, this is really important to understand because, as I pointed out, if you've had a chance uh, to listen to any of the other shows that that I did on this, um, and if you're already on our website, just scroll down and on the media page or Truth and Love radio page, and you'll be able to see that. Uh, but the reason this is so important to understand is that when you see the Islamic movement worldwide and in its history going hyper-political, it is a sign that it is getting ready for the upper house. The It's going from the lower house, the Dar al-Harb, the house of war, to the upper house, the Dar al-Islam. And... Why that's concerning is because then you're going to see a much more aggressive, as we already are, a much more aggressive Islamic um, movement. And you're going to see then uh, them working with other entities uh, to support them, which is what we've seen in Europe. We've seen the Islamic movement working with the secular humanists, with the LGBT community, with uh, interfaith groups, uh, all to support their causes with feminists, the women's rights movement. All to get, you know, Islam established. And then once they get established and have that political power uh, and you start seeing the implementation of Sharia law and and imposing Sharia law like we do in Europe with the hundreds and hundreds of enclaves that are now established across multiple European countries like Sweden, Norway, Germany, France, Great Britain, Spain, and so forth and so on. Then you see them turning on the very people that helped them get there. You see them. Um, shunning and and, and attacking uh, the homosexual community. You see them pushing for um, Sharia instead of, you know, the women's rights that they they claim to support. Uh, You see them pushing for what, how Sharia treats women. You see them coming against Christians and Jews in the interfaith and and, and claiming now that Islam is the superior uh, religion and the final religion. So we are at a tipping point here in the United States, folks. Uh, If the Christian church, if we as Christians don't understand that the Muslim movement, the Islamic movement, which includes, by the way, dawah, their evangelism, to convert people, as many Americans to Islam as possible. If we don't understand in the Christian community that we have competition and that we must become bolder with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with our efforts to, uh, to advance the kingdom of God, then we are going to continue to lose and continue to give up ground and continue to lose our saltiness, our effectiveness as the church as we are. Plus, when you see so much of the interfaith movement, the, these liberal churches, and even, uh, you know, as we've dialed, you know, uh, uh, covered for you here on this program, as Brandon House is covered, uh, when we covered the James White controversy, we're seeing many in the reform movement, these neo-Calvinists, very much getting behind the Islamic movement and trying to justify Islam, trying to protect Islam. Folks, the church is in trouble. And the kingdom of God will not cease. 
So let, let me say that before we go any further. Understand, the kingdom of God will not cease and will not give up ground ultimately. The kingdom of God is going to be victorious, and God will return and establish his kingdom. Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen? The issue is not that. The issue is, will we as the Christian church keep our salt and light? Will we keep our saltiness and be effective for the Lord, or will the Lord have to place us in a greater place, uh, per, uh, place of persecution? Because we have lost our saltiness and our power and our ability. Not that, not that the power of God is diminished. We are compromising. By our compromise, we are diminishing the power of God, the effectiveness of God. We are not being effective witnesses. So very important to understand why I'm talking about this. This is not just to focus on Islam. This is also to bring it back to the church that we are not doing our part. And another facet of this that I mentioned on the last program, if the church does not engage its civic responsibility to pray, to, 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 to vet candidates, and to vote, then guess what? We're going to get what we deserve, which is that Muslims are going to gain political power, and they, guess what? As I've covered on these programs, they vote one party. The majority of these Muslims that are running and getting elected are getting elected as Democrats. They're running on leftist causes. They're running on social justice causes. They're running on progressive causes. Socialism, communism, Marxism, it all goes. That's what's going to get elected. That's what's going to be in power. Well, guess what? Folks, the church... If we don't understand, if that element gets into power, if communism, socialism, Marxism, and Islamism is in power throughout history, that has meant one thing and one thing alone for true Christians, persecution. It is guaranteed persecution if that happens. And that's what so many of these liberal, loosey-goosey, lukewarm churches don't understand that they're actually aiding and abetting when they support Islamic movements. When when you have, uh, and Brandon and I just did a bunch of shows on this with Matt Chandler's church down in, down in Texas. When you have churches, these emergent uh, social gospel-led churches that are, that are sending pastors to ISNA conferences, Muslim Brotherhood conferences, and joining with groups that are working with the Muslim Brotherhood to infiltrate, when they're doing that, they're either knowingly or unknowingly supporting their own persecution. Think about that for a second. That's why this is important. We got to vote. We got to pray. We got to engage. We got to vote. These 2018 elections, the 2020 elections, are absolutely critical for whether there will be a turning in this nation or there will be not. And I'm not saying, please hear me, I'm not saying that Republicans, you know, they get off the hook. Please, no. I, I've been as critical. Remember, I ran for governor here in the state of Washington. I ran as a Republican, and I had more Republicans betraying me than I did the other side. It, it, this is not about Republican-Democrat. This is about individuals who either will stand for the values and, and morals of God, or they will not. They either stand for our Judeo-Christian foundation, or they will not. That's, what's, that, that's what the issue is. Because just because someone has an R or D behind their name, you and I know that means nothing. And in my mind, that means nothing. So we have to be able to look again Preferably consider individuals that are running for office, uh, support those individuals, whether at the local level, state level, or federal level, and, and particularly where the, the, the infiltration of the Muslim Brotherhood is, is particularly at the local level. 
that's where they're really gaining ground, taking over city council positions, county commissioners. Uh, I, I highlighted for you on one of the earlier shows on, on this topic, uh, Parks Board Commissioner. Uh, you had Abdul El-Sayed running for governor there in the state of Michigan. You have now state legislators in uh, Minnesota, in Michigan, where you have Muslims that have been elected, Somali Muslims that have been elected. Remember how many times have I shown you the examples where these Muslims are are now taking their oath of office on a Quran and not on the Bible? So the fact that a Muslim would put their hand on the Quran and take the oath of office and say that they're claiming to defend the Constitution, they're they're lying off the bat, folks. They're 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 deceiving us right off the bat, and we're allowing it because if they're taking an oath to the Quran. The Quran is against man-made law. The Quran is very clear that it is against man-made law, that Allah must abolish man-made law and establish his law, the Sharia. So how can they follow the Constitution when Muslims would, 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 would understand rightly, if they understand, that the, the Constitution of the United States, according to them, according to them, is man-made law? These are all the things that we don't get. We're not getting this. We're not putting the pieces together. So we must understand that the engagement, particularly at the local and state levels, they are getting the voter turnout. They're they're getting their people out, and we're not. So let's jump into some of the things that I wanted to cover. I mentioned to you that I was going to cover more on the explanatory memorandum. Just a quick review again for you. If you have not been listening to the other shows, uh, the last two shows I covered – this document called the Explanatory Memorandum, which is the strategic goal of the Muslim Brotherhood in North America. And according to their own document, this, this is basically their playbook that was discovered by the FBI in 2004 on the, when they did a raid. A, they served a search warrant on the home of a senior member of the Muslim Brotherhood, and uh, Ibrahim El Barasi. And Il Barasi, they found in his basement, a sub-basement, with 70 boxes of documents. Among those documents was the explanatory memorandum. And in the explanatory memorandum, if you remember I covered for you, on page 7 of the memorandum, it shares with us their mission statement. And let me read it for you one more time in case we forgot. Here is the mission statement of the Islamic movement, the Muslim Brotherhood, the largest Islamic entity in the world. Here's what it says. The process of settlement, and and we're going to be talking about that word settlement, folks, here in just a couple minutes. The process of settlement is a civilization jihadist process with all the word means. Okay, So their settlement here in the United States, they're seeing it as civilization jihad. That's, that's, That's how they're viewing their goal here in the United States. The the ikhwan, or the ikhwan, the Ikhwan means the brotherhood, must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within. Hmm. Doesn't sound very coexist, does it? Doesn't sound like they're going to want to get along. They want to eliminate and destroy the Western civilization from within. And quote sabotaging its miserable house. What? They want to sabotage our house? They want to sabotage America? Yes. 
They actually say that? Yes. Are we paying attention? No. Why is this document not in the hands of every single elected official? Remember I covered that earlier because under Barack Hussein Obama and Eric Holder, they allowed the same seditious groups, treasonous groups like CARE and ISNA and ICNA, all front groups from the Muslim Brotherhood, to go in and have access to classified, classified, top security clearance, national security apparatus, documents, training materials, and purge it all. No mention of Islam, nothing about their strategy, and this document, which was entered as a government exhibit in the United States versus the Holy Land Foundation and all trial in 2008, it was expunged, removed. Okay, let me, let me finish reading the mission statement. So they want to sabotage its miserable house. Now watch this. By their hands, that's us, and the hands of the believers, that's Muslims. So they're going to use the Muslims, they're going to use their own people to sabotage, but guess what? They're using us. We become the quote-unquote useful idiots for them. Now what's the purpose of all this? So that, it goes on to say, it is eliminated. They want the United States, they want Western society to be eliminated, and Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religions. That's their mission statement. Don't you think we should be paying attention to that? Now, as I mentioned, they say this process, everything they want to do that I just read you, is a settlement process, meaning they can't do it all up front, right? Does that make sense? They can't just come in and overnight do this. This is a process of settlement. They have to do it over a period of time. So let, let me let me go and, and explain that process to you because they actually spell this out. They actually ex- spell out what their long-term strategy is. And by the way, it was adopted actually in 1987 uh, when this was uh, given to the, what the, what's called their Shura Council, S-H-U-R-A. And uh, there was a guy named Muhammad Akram who wrote this document, the explanatory, in 1991. In 1987, when the IAP, um, which is their, was their Palestinian branch, uh, uh, which is the Islamic Association of Palestine, or Islamic, um, let me actually get you the, the proper acronym here because I don't want to mess it up. Hang on one second here. I'm actually, uh, remember, the nice thing about their document uh this explanatory at the at at the end of the document they actually give us their um their front groups they give us the groups that are their front groups we don't even have to guess iap stands for the islamic association for palestine in 1987 the iap transitions into hamas okay so the muslim brotherhood in 1987 create created Hamas. Got that? Now, what is Hamas? Hamas is a terrorist organization. So how is it that Hamas is a terrorist organization that we recognize, according to the State Department, yet we cannot have the willpower and the political clout to label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization when they created Hamas? How does that work? And every, you know, uh, uh, Republican candidate, including Donald Trump, promised 
that I know of, at least most of it, I can't say everyone, but most of them have said, yes, 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 they would label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. President Trump said he would do it. Ted Cruz has a bill in the Senate waiting to go. President Trump could issue a directive to the Justice Department. And I think they would have done it. Had this dirty secret of all of this FISA warrant and espionage that happened not forced Michael Flynn out and had H.R. McMaster not become the National Security Advisor, I believe that they would have done it. But the deep state got their guy in there, H.R. McMaster, and they have completely cut the knees off any ability to label the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. They're legitimizing it. And until that happens, we will not be able to stop the Islamic movement in the United States. So let me share with you here. Uh, okay, actually, let me finish my thought. Forgive me. There's a lot to cover here, and I don't want to jump all over the place. Let me finish my thought. So once they create, in 1987, Hamas, they have to decide. They decide in a, in a secret meeting that... It's too obvious, right? It's too obvious to have Hamas. You, you can't openly have Hamas, uh, you know, um, campaigning here in the United States as Hamas, right? It's too obvious. So they need to have a secret organization or, or they need to have an organization that covers up their secret work. So that's why CARE was created, the Council on American-Islamic Relations. They created CARE as the front for the work of Hamas. And the the 2008 trial, the United States government versus the Holy Land Foundation, the Holy Land Foundation was actually changed from the name. Initially, it was uh, the, an organization for funding uh, Palestine, uh, OFP. That was changed to uh, LHLF, Holy Land Foundation. The Holy Land Foundation became basically a charity that was a front for funneling money to Hamas. This is all espionage. This is all treasonous. This is all seditious. They're raising money in the United States to funnel back to Hamas so they can defeat, defeat the Jews and, and defeat the state of Israel and establish the Islamic front there. That's what our government went after them. They indicted and subsequently charged and sent to prison five members of the Muslim Brotherhood. And they were about to go after all these other front groups. CARE, ISNA, ICNA, Muslim American Society, Muslim Student Association, the North American Islamic Trust, all these other front groups that I've mentioned in the shows. And remember, we had a new administration come in. And Obama shut it all down. Obama basically covered, gave cover to those who helped him get in power. That's why I've said time and time again, the Obama administration has been and continues to be the most corrupt administration in the history of this nation. And I think they can give a, a good run for the, for the money of any other corrupt government in the history of this world, in my opinion. Okay, let's dig in now. Now that you understand who CARE is and who the Brotherhood is and the fact that CARE is Hamas. CARE is cover for Hamas. And any of you have been listening to Brandon House when he's had John Guandalo on and Chris Gobbitz who actually went undercover and worked in CARE as a whistleblower to go undercover and to basically, uh, you know, to demonstrate what they were. This was proven. He, there was a book that was written called The Muslim Mafia. 
this was proven that care is Hamas. And yet today they have access to everything, including our churches, including these liberal churches that are joining forces and allowing care to come in and do trading. By the way, remember our brand new DVD, folks, The Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue. This is where I demonstrate to you that the entire interfaith movement is actually being pushed uh, and prodded and supported and, and created from the Islamic side. This was a Muslim strategy. This is a Quranic strategy. This is a satanic strategy to infiltrate churches under the auspices of common ground, common word. We, we have so much in common. Let's reconcile. Let's build bridges. The all So many Christians are falling for it. And, and, and the goal is to destroy Christianity from within, just like they're going to they're gonna destroy our nation from within, and establish an Islamic front where you have these Christians, or so-called Christians, actually backing them and supporting them. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk a little bit more about settlement. The word settlement is very important here because they actually define it. The memorandum's purpose is describing the general strategic goal of the Muslim Brotherhood in North America. That's their goal. Again, this was established at the their organizational conference in 1987, then written down in 1991 in this document. Now, here it says, the Muslim Brotherhood, which adopts Muslims, Muslim causes domestically and globally, uh, uh, and which works to expand the observant, the observant Muslim base, meaning those who are Sharia compliant, aims at unifying and directing Muslims' efforts. It also aims at to present Islam as a civilization alternative. Did you hear that? Their goal is to present Islam as an alternative. To what? To Judeo-Christian values. Did you understand that? They want to present Islam as the new alternative to Judeo-Christian values. So every Western culture that has been based on Judeo-Christian law, Judeo-Christian values must be brought down, and Islam is going to be presented as the new alternative. And it goes on to say in their document, this is on page 12 of the explanatory memorandum. By the way, remember, you can get this on our website, folks, the explanatory memorandum. You can. Um, the Center for Security Policy did basically a write-up little booklet. It's a very easy little booklet to read. It's a very easy little booklet to give out to law enforcement, to elected officials, to your pastors, or for your own reference. And it's available on our website for a $10 donation. Just go to tillproject.com, order tab, under the order tab, scroll down, and there's a place where you can order some booklets. One's called Sharia Law for Non-Muslims, done by our colleague, Dr. Bill Warner, uh, to give a, a basic explanation of Sharia Law and why it's antithetical to our Constitution. And the other one is our explanatory memorandum. Now, in here on page 12, it goes on to say that um, they, again, they want to present Islam as a civilization alternative, and they want to support the global Islamic state wherever it is. Their goal is to support the Islamic state. Now, that's not talking about ISIS, that Islamic state. It's talking about the Islamic caliphate. So wherever the Islamic caliphate is being established, the Muslim Brotherhood will support that. That's that that was their number one. That's point number one. So they have five different objectives. OK, the memorandum, this memorandum is derived from five different objectives. That was number one. Here's number two. The priority that is approved by the Shura Council. Remember, the council they met in 1987 
is for the work of the group in its current and former session, which is settlement. So what's the priority? The priority is settlement. Number three, the positive development with the brothers in the Islamic circle in an attempt to reach a unity of merger. So they're saying is that the Islamic circle of North America, ICNA, has had some positive developments and they want to join. They want to merger with those developments for the rest of their mission statement. Number four, the constant need for thinking and future planning. So the part of the memorandum is to have more thinking, more planning, an attempt to read it and work to shape the present to comply and suit the needs and challenges of the future. And number five, the paper of, of his eminence, the general Masul, may God keep him, which he recently sent to the members of the council. So those are their, their kind of five uh, general uh, goals of this memorandum. Okay. The other purpose of the memorandum is to then break down specifically what is uh, their process, okay? So that you, you, you get their goals, now you got to get their process. In order to begin with the explanation, we must summon the following question and place it in front of our eyes as its relationship is important and necessary with the strategic goal and the explanation project we are embarking on. The question we are facing is, quote, how do you like to see the Islamic movement in North America in 10 years? Remember, they have a long-term strategy, okay? Or, Quote, taking along the following sentence when planning and working. Here's here's the sentence. Is Islam uh, working, quote, Islamic work in North America in the year 2000, 2010, 2020, and so forth and so on. So they're they're asking the questions of their their followers. What what is this going to look like in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Because remember, their goal is not assimilation. Their goal is to increase the Islamic movement. And this is when it gets to the aspect of settlement. Because in order for there to be settlement, they have to do these following things. Establishing an effective and stable Islamic movement led by the Muslim Brotherhood. Number two, adopting Muslim causes domestically and globally. Number three, expanding the observant Muslim base. Number four, unifying and directing Muslims' efforts. Number five, presenting Islam as a civilization alternative. Number six, supporting the establishment of a global Islamic state wherever it is. Does any of that sound like they're going to coexist, get along, and, and adopt American values and American law? No, because that's not their goal. Now, I'm out of time on this program. When I come back on the next program, then we're going to specifically look at how they're going to implement settlement. Okay? they got to implement settlement. How is that going to be implemented? We'll get into some specifics, and then I have some video clips to play for you from the words of the Muslim Brotherhood themselves. What is their goal? What is their strategy? You will see they are ramping up their efforts and getting closer and closer to the upper house in America. Folks, please be on your knees praying. America, if you if you have valued this nation, and I'm not saying country over God. God is first. The church is first. The kingdom of God is first. But if we value this nation at all, where God has placed us, we got to pray we got to act now. Time is up. God help us. God keep you strong. May the Lord bless you. And we'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. 
Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.